Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour. I'm Dr. Mystery, your host, here with my co-host, Donna Lee. Good afternoon. Happy Sunday, everybody. Happy Sunday. Donna, you want to tell people how to get a hold of us? You can certainly reach out to us by phone or email. Our phone number is 512-238-0762. You can call us um, during the week, or you can send an email to armormenshealth at gmail.com. That's armormenshealth at gmail.com. We've gotten some amazing emails. Every week we get amazing emails, Dr. Mystery. And we love those emails, so yes. keep them coming. Today, I have a wonderful guest, a guest that's been a partner of ours in our practice for many years. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Vagdevi uh, Munior. Woohoo! 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 Thanks for coming today, <laughs> Dr. Vagdevi. She's a, um, uh, a licensed psychologist, a clinical assistant professor at the University of Texas at Austin. Kind of our um, in house queen of sex therapy. She has been the uh, mentor of virtually all the sex therapy students that we get through uh, our office. And so thanks a lot for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. You know, as I've done practice, and treated men with erectile dysfunction and couples with different problems and uh, infertility issues and cancer. It amazes me that there's not a psychologist in every urologist office. Thank mm-hmm. you. I agree. Mm-hmm. Because it, it there's so much mental in what we deal with every single day. But more than that, there's some high-level and confusing psychology issues that affect patients, right? Absolutely. I tell a lot of my couples, you know, the biggest problem with sex is between your years and not between your legs. <laughs> That's right. And it, it and, and that, that psychological kind of obstacles that people go through affects their decisions when it comes to cancer treatments, when it comes to whether or not to go through surgery for something, whether to start a medication. But for Certainly, it comes with the, the, the sex stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and patients and couples have problems within their relationship all the time, and they go to a therapist, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I gave a talk to thera- family therapists about five years ago, mm. and I, I, I had them raise their hand if they deal with sexual issues, and only 10% did. I know. Is that what you find, too, amongst most kind of like just kind of couples therapists? Absolutely. I think therapists are afraid to ask about sex, just like general medical professionals are also afraid to ask about sex, right? So somebody goes in for depression or anxiety, they see their GP, and the GP never says to them, tell me about your sex life, right? They just ask them about their mood and give them some medication and send them on their way. But sex is such a huge part of what makes us feel good. For sure. And so if we're not having good, healthy sex in our lives, it's going to affect everything else. For sure. You're going to feel so bummed out, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's ironic that so many men seek coupling behavior for sex. And then, and exactly. Then, and, then, and then when they have problems uh, with it, they don't really find somebody. And there's some interesting research on that. So patients don't bring it up with their doctors either. Right. And the number one reason is they're afraid it's going to embarrass the doctor. Oh, wow. They're not embarrassed. They're afraid it's going to embarrass you as right. the physician. So right. when I give talks to medical students, I always bring that up. Make yourself, you know, very open mm-hmm. to being asked these questions. And don't be afraid if you don't know the answer. Right? That's right. That's right. I used to teach sex therapy uh-huh. at St. Edwards University. That was one of the classes I taught. And we would spend the first three weeks getting everybody comfortable, just saying all the words. You don't, words. Want, <laughs> you don't want to be saying to a patient, right, how, how are you doing with your erections? That's right. That's right. You know, and, and, and when and when you're asking uh, like a infertility couple about whether they're ejaculating in the vagina, I mean, these aren't like terms that, they, that they're aware of. And so we try to use colloquial terms that kind of that they, they understand. Mm-hmm. What I'd like to start talking about today uh, first is about about couples, you okay. know, you know, when couples have trouble and they're arguing or they're having some some issue and they and you don't talk about the sex stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big pink elephant in the room that's just that's being completely right. ignored, right? That's right. 
Exactly. And so when, when I'm ta- with counseling couples that are having trouble, let, let's say you have a couple that hasn't been having sex for a while. Breast cancer patients is a, is a great example. You know, as she's going through therapy or going through reconstruction, oftentimes intimacy is gone. And so the sexual habit is lost. That's right. So I'd love for you to talk about sexual habits and, and what are some ways that we can break or expand upon sexual habits and, and what are some good ways to not get into negative sexual habits? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I could talk for an hour on this. I'm going to try to be brief. Basically, the problem is that when we meet somebody and we fall in love with them and we have sex, in the very beginning, we're really open to having all kinds of different kinds of sex. We're very adventurous. We, You know, I love you. You're so cute. And whatever you want to do, I'll do. <laughs> right? And then... Wait, wait, wait. Where, where's that one? <laughs> That's in the beginning. Oh, wait. Okay. <laughs> the first two, three months. Oh, oh, first, oh no. Two weeks. <laughs> I, missed, I missed on that one. <laughs> right? And so both partners are really willing to be adventurous and creative. And then they get together and you start to have sex with the same person 150 times. What do you do? Each of you begin to have a list of things that are okay to do. And what both people are doing is trying to manage their anxiety, their stress, how willing they are to do this, that, the other thing. So over time, they both begin to shorten that list. They cross things off that list. Well, I can't have blowjobs anymore, so I'm just not even going to ask about that. And certainly can't do anal, you know. Nobody's going to, my wife is not going to let me do that, or my husband isn't going to want to do that, whatever. So they cross things off their list. Now, five years later, you're having sex with the same person. Now it's a thousand times that you've had sex, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) And your list has gotten so short that there's only three or four things you do. So what happens with that is it's impossible to have healthy, creative, exhilarating sex if there's a rhythm and a pattern and a script. You, you, anything's going to be boring. Anything is going to be, be boring. boring. That's right. So what they've done is they've uh, highlighted or, or worked towards anxiety management, trying to reduce anxiety and stress and reduce the list in order to achieve that. And then they begin to have erectile problems, arousal problems, orgasmic problems. And now and they're they, embarrassed. And they're embarrassed, yeah, but yeah. they're beginning to look at the plumbing. They're saying, what's wrong with your plumbing that you can't have an orgasm? It's not the plumbing. It's the fact that your orgasmic threshold may have gone up because there's only three things you're doing. Right. And that's, right? That's just, so, 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 wow. so in that comes some of the advice of like, well, maybe you just need a new girlfriend, right? Or a new boyfriend. Which you know, is th- what This they, idea that you just need something else. Exactly. Uh, and I think again. there is a lot of misinformation about, oh, because sex is boring, you should liven it up with a brand new person. Instead of thinking, maybe what we're trying to do in bed is what is not working. And we can liven it up by simply increasing that list, going from anxiety reduction to anxiety tolerance. When you begin to say, okay, I've had sex with you 250 times, and it's gotten very boring. So we're going to try something new. It's going to create a little anxiety. But along with anxiety comes adrenaline. So the thrill of doing something new, pushing the boundaries, really experimenting is going to bring back a little erotic energy into the relationship. I love it. And you know, really just even just a a, a small conversation between a couple. It doesn't have to be a deep one about how, man, you don't excite me in bed anymore. I think that, you know, really approaching it by, you know, let's try something new. Uh, I love 
giving couples homework assignments. Good. You know, I, I love that. I love this idea, especially when a couple hasn't had sex for a long time due to some medical reason or something like that. Uh, I love trying to introduce small little activities that they do. And I think that having a sex therapist, you know, may, may, may help some couples do that, right? Exactly. And a lot of them are really afraid to look for a sex therapist or go find a sex therapist. They're afraid of being belittled or mocked or they're afraid of, sometimes they're afraid that they're going to talk to a sex therapist and a sex therapist is going to want them to do really weird, kinky things in bed and the fact is most wait 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 that's not gonna happen <laughs> get out of here depends on the kind of sex therapist all there right, are weird right, kinky right. Uh, kinds of things <laughs> you can do in bed yeah. we will put them on our facebook page <laughs> but you know most couples out there are trying to do something that's more traditional more vanilla and i say you can have awesome vanilla sex if you know how to bring that erotic energy back in. And let me tell you, can I say one thing to men out there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Men have to learn how to transfer their arousal patterning from visual stimuli to tactile stimuli. So what they do early, and this is not their fault, our society teaches men how to get a hard-on from looking at something. So mm -hmm. if you look hot, I'm going to get an erection. The problem is I'm not going to look hot as your wife for a hundred years, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to lose what? it. After Wait, what about am I learning today? <laughs> to find a Honey, you look mystery. wonderful. <laughs> and you will for this. I'm talking to my wife. <laughs> so at some point, both of us, and it's not just me. It's not just the wife. It's also the husband. We don't look so hot. If we had a mirror on the top of the ceiling and we were watching oh, ourselves having sex. Yeah. You've been to as my long bedroom. as I'm flat, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> So what do we have to do? We have to go from uh, learning how to get aroused from looking at things. This is why they you start using porn to really learning how to get aroused from feeling things. And we're going to talk a little bit about porn uh, right after this break. Uh, Donna, why don't you mm -hmm. take us out? Awesome. I'd like to take this moment to apologize to my husband <laughs> for all of this. Ex oh, that we didn't have. I, um, you can reach us at 512-238-0762. He's like 250 times. I know. He's like, <laughs> I I'm leaving. What does that happen? Um, our email address is armormenshealth at gmail.com. That's armormenshealth at gmail.com. Our website is armormenshealth.com. And um, call us again during the week, 512-238-0762. And thank you guys so much. And we will be right back from this commercial. Dr. Mystery wants to hear from you. Email questions to armormenshealth at gmail.com. We'll be right back with the Armor Men's Health Hour. 